Hi, and welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and after teaching kids yoga and being immersed in the industry for over a decade, I created this podcast as a warm and supportive place for parents, teachers, caregivers, and kids yoga professionals to gather. Episodes include conversations with kids yoga teachers, business owners, and authors, informational episodes on specific kids yoga topics, yoga adventures for children, and even the voices of children themselves. It is my hope that you can come here each week and gain inspiration and form connection with your fellow kids yoga community. Welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kids Yoga Podcast. This week I am joined by Susan Rose. Susan grew up in a family of teachers and has taught dance, gymnastics, and yoga to kids for the past 40 years. She has an MA in physical education and taught elementary PE for 17 years in Indiana. She is a certified yoga kids teacher and a 500-hour registered children's yoga teacher through Yoga Alliance. She teaches yoga to kids and seniors around Clearwater, Florida, most often at public libraries. When things stopped this spring, she wrote a yoga book called Let's Make a Rainbow, a yoga story for kids, which is due out this fall. Her goal is to provide her experience and insight to other physical education teachers through online learning, as well as professional development workshops so that they feel confident sharing yoga to the children that they teach. Susan enjoys going to bar class, reading in the pool, and doing yoga on the beach. Susan, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here and for your patience. I know we've been trying to connect for a bit now, um, but I'm so glad you can join me. And I just wanted to start at the beginning. So can you just tell me a little bit about how you first became interested in yoga and then how you began teaching yoga to children? Okay. Well, I grew up doing a lot of dance and gymnastics. And so my yoga practice just kind of sort of it grew out of that. And when I stopped competing um, after college, I was looking for something to you know, really stay in shape and to stay flexible. And honestly, the first memory of doing a yoga class, I was I went to I was at Arizona State and I went to Canyon Ranch, and they had you know all kinds of fitness classes, and I took a yoga class, and I thought, wow, this feels really good. I mean, it felt familiar, but it also um, was different in a good way. And it's like I didn't have to worry about what it looked like, like you do in gymnastics, um, but it felt good to my body, and I thought <clears throat> that's probably something I could keep doing for the rest of my life. So I think that's when I first started doing adult yoga. And I ended up getting my PE degree there at Arizona State. And I didn't get a teaching job. I didn't try very hard, so <laughs> I, uh, I started a little business. And I called it Creative Rhythmic Movement, which was the title of a book from Ray Pica. I don't know if you're familiar with her work, but I went around to preschools and I did little movement classes. And I had bean bags and lummy sticks and so much of the same stuff that I'm doing now with kids yoga, 
um, but it was more just kind of movement-based. And I remember at the time, it was 1981, I was charging $10 a class, like for the whole class. <laughs> wow. Oh, I know. I look back at that, and I'm like, wow. But at the time, you know, that's what I, that's what I did. So I made myself a little job, basically. Um, and then I sort of, you know, went on a different path for a while. I opened a gymnastics school, and I taught from preschool up through high school, and I coached high school gymnastics. And then I finally got an actual PE teaching job. And I ended up doing that for 17 years, elementary PE, so K through 5. And I really loved working with that age group. And I started doing yoga with them, just kind of integrating a little bit of it into my curriculum. And then in um, about 2006, I, oh, I got my 200 RYT, you know, for adult yoga, basically. And then I did a yoga kids training, like a 95-hour yoga kids. And I really began to um, understand, the you know, what teaching kids was really all about. No, not just like watering down the adult stuff, but it's a whole different animal to teach kids. And uh, Yoga Kids w was developed by Marsha Wenning way back in 1992. So I think she was probably the first kids yoga training in our country. And it's like she's the grandma of kids yoga. And so when I look at programs now, I think, oh, that's got some Yoga Kids influence. Maybe that person trained Yoga Kids and then went on and developed, you know, their own program. Um, so I started using that uh, a lot more in my elementary PE um, curriculum, and um, I became a trainer for yoga kids. So I would do um, Taste of Yoga Kids workshops for other people that wanted to start to learn how to teach kids yoga or to get into the yoga kids program. Um, and then I was a master mentor for a while where people that were in the program would submit their online work, and I would, you know, correct it, grade it, give suggestions, encouragement, that sort of thing. Um, and then when I retired from teaching PE, uh, we moved down here to Florida. I was in Indiana before that. Moved to Florida, and I had a lot more time, so I started teaching a lot more classes at studios and homeschool co-op and rec centers and public libraries, which that's kind of my niche. I kind of found my little place there because I could do uh, preschool story time, I could do family yoga, I could, I've got a teens and teens and tween, tweens and teens. Um, and, and I just really enjoy going into the libraries and using their facilities and, you know, just having the kids come. So it's like I never know who's showing up. I never know how many, I never know who. Sometimes we'll have a preschool class and I'll get a teenager show up. <laughs> Whoever comes, that's what we teach, you know. Um, and at the same time, I got my E500 so that I could uh, continue to give trainings and give CEUs and that sort of thing. So, wow. So your, your career has been all over the place yeah. with all ages. Yeah. And, but there's a, the through line is like you clearly have a connection with children, a connection with movement, and then yeah. an ability to share that with them. Yeah. So when as a PE teacher for those 17 years, how did you integrate yoga into your classes was that did you start integrating it before you did the training like was it kind of intuitive or did you do the training first I think I was already doing it um, like I said taking my adult yoga what I knew and what would work with kids and using it that way but after the yoga kids training I did a, a lot more of it um, it was a great activity to do 
in elementary PE, you get kicked out of your gym a lot for other activities. <laughs> and you have to go either outside or you have to go into the classroom. So it was a great activity when I had to be in the classroom um, because they could do it pretty much at their desk. It didn't take up a lot of space. It wasn't a lot of moving around. So it was great for that sort of uh, situation. And I used it a lot with my special ed children that, uh, you know, needed a lot of work on body awareness and coordination. And they just really seemed to love it. You know, and I always included a lot of music with it. That seems to just make uh, the kids, you know, really like to do things. Um, and, it, you know, it was mostly based on asana because, um, you know, it's physical education. And there's a lot of things that are um, related to fitness concepts. Like I could talk about strength. You know, this pose helps you get stronger. Or this is a pose to increase your flexibility or your balance. So, you know, like strength, flexibility, balance, body awareness. Those are all like the components of physical fitness that I would try to teach even in the elementary school. Um, you know, you had to keep it really secular. You couldn't do any chanting. I never did ohms. I did namaste. And we would do uh, affirmations, you know, like you're in warrior pose and say, I am strong, I am brave, that sort of thing. Um, and I would do stories. And that's kind of what um, my focus has been recently is really using stories and books to set the theme for a class and build the class around that. Um, in fact, we did a special um, language arts evening, and I, the art teacher did something, and the music teacher did something, and then I had some other things. But what I did was I took a third grade class, and I gave them a list of yoga poses, and then they wrote a story to go with the poses. And, you know, and I said, it has to be in this order, because I made a, se you know, like a logical sequence of poses. Um, and then so they wrote a story, and we performed it in the program for parents. And it was really, it was cute. Really good. Oh, that's super cute. Yeah. I love that. And I love when the parents get to see the yoga in action, because they might hear about it like, oh, you're doing yoga at school? What is, what is that yeah. like? But to actually see that, yeah, that's great. It went over. Now, I know you, and just, I'm sure. They want the PE people to integrate other subjects. So we're expected right. to teach math and language arts and, you know, all through PE. That was a great way. Yoga is a super way to integrate all of that. So right. So you, like. you um, I know, then began doing kind of professional development workshops where you're teaching other, is it other PE teachers how to integrate yoga or is it just open to classroom teachers? Um. I did some within my own schools for the classroom mm -hmm. teachers. I would say, you know, here's some little um, classroom breaks that you could do, you know, little breathing breaks, things like that for the schools that I was in. But then our PE department would have um, district-wide monthly meetings, and we would present different things. So somebody might teach a new game they, they were using, and then I would have an opportunity to kind of demonstrate some things and talk about how they could use it within a normal, uh, regular class, like you could use it um, as a warm-up, or you could use it as a cool-down at the end. Um, and I uh, developed some handouts and things like that. Back when we did a lot of handouts, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then I had the opportunity to speak at the Illinois State PE Convention, and I presented a PE workshop uh, based on yoga kids. And it was mostly um, college-age kids that were, you know, learning how to be PE teachers that came to the workshop. And, that was a lot of fun to do that. And Very cool. Recently, I've been working on developing some um, 
teaching aids. Um, I've got an ebook on how to how to teach yoga for PE teachers because a lot of PE teachers haven't had yoga. They don't really know what it is or understand it. So just some real basic things and some guides for that. And when we can all be together again, I would love to present some workshops down here in Florida uh, for PE teachers or the state conventions. And I may be even developing an online course. Oh, that's great. That's and your ebook is is your ebook available on your website? Where can people find that if they're interested? Um, it will be on my website, yes. Okay. Very great. Since you're the first uh, PE teacher that I've talked to that teaches kids yoga, I was wondering. Um, some of the specific benefits of incorporating yoga into a PE class. Mm, there's just so many. Um, like I talked before, you know, it really develops strength and flexibility and balance and all those things that are just the basics of fitness and sport. And one of the biggest things is that it's a lifetime activity. They can do it. Like I said, you know, I found I can do that the rest of my life. 75% of kids quit their organized sport by the time they're 12. And it's even higher for girls. So it's like, let's teach them something that they can keep doing. You know, they're not going to play basketball and soccer the rest of their lives, but they might be able to do yoga the rest of their lives. And even for that 25% that does continue in sports, yoga is such a great complement to their training because of, you know, injury prevention, rehab, Visualization, like imagining, practicing um, guided visualizations of your routines or your uh, your moves in sports. So all of that is yoga-based, and that can really help athletes. It can be like a lot of yoga for athletes as well. Um, and like I said, we're being required to uh, integrate math and language arts and um Social-emotional learning is the biggest thing right now, and we all know that yoga is just the perfect activity to teach that, teach self-regulation and help improve self-esteem. And so it, it, it just, you know, another thing is that it's non-competitive. And for so many kids, um, they need a non-competitive activity that they can do and not have to worry about, am I good at that, am I the winner, am I the loser, that sort of thing. And it just, you know, it's, it's just so, so good on so many levels. I wish I had yoga in PE when I was a kid. I was the kid that, like, I was, I was a dancer. I wasn't an mm -hmm. athlete. So um, middle school PE was, like, traumatic for me because they would make you bat in front of everyone, and I was embarrassed, like, stuff like that. And, um, and same in high school, I remember – um, literally hiding behind my friend Juan. He was six foot eight, and I literally hid behind him so I didn't have to bet. Um, <laughs> and if I would just wish that there had been, because I was a mover, it's not that I didn't want to move, I was a dancer, but um, like what you're saying, like if there had been yoga, I would have, oh, I would have loved it. Yeah, I was the same way because I was a gymnast. And it's like I couldn't hit a ball, I couldn't <laughs> catch a ball. Right. And yeah, and you get, it's traumatizing. <laughs> it is. It really is. I still but remember I think, the feeling. I think PE teachers are getting better at not putting kids in super competitive situations. That's been a focus for a while. But, it, you know, kids will make anything competitive if you let them. Right. You know, it's so good for stress reduction. These, as they, Especially as they get older, they need the stress reduction to deal with everything that they have to deal with. 
um, you know, and it's something they can experience. It's not just talking about something. It's really feeling it in your body and getting connected to your body. And, you know, that's so important on so many levels as they're getting older. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have um, a, fa- a favorite teaching moment when you have when you were teaching kids yoga, whether it was at your school or at the library? Yeah, I had this little girl, and it was in elementary PE. And um, you know, I probably taught a thousand kids. I more than I've taught so many kids, but she really stands out to me because she was one of the super uncoordinated, a little bit overweight, had really terrible eye-hand coordination, so she couldn't catch. Couldn't run very well. I mean, she probably hated PE. She really. Um, <laughs> but the day we did yoga, she could do everything. I mean, all of a sudden, she just blossomed. She was pretty flexible, you know, so she could get into some positions that some of these other kids couldn't do, especially boys get so stiff, you know, they get really tight <laughs> and they can't sit on the floor with the legs wide, like turtle pose, you know, go way under your knees. She could do everything. She could hold warriors. She could hold three. And it was like, oh, my God, look at this little girl. All of a sudden, she was the star of the class. And I've just always remembered her, and she may be my next book. <laughs> oh. um, it, it was just really neat to see her. And so every time we did yoga, I said, oh, my God, Katie's going to have a good day today. We're going we're gonna to do some yoga. And, oh, that's you know, so the sweet. Other kids noticed, too, how good she was at it. That must have been a big confidence boost for her. Suddenly she's like, oh, look, I could do this and they can't. Yeah. So I'd put, I'd always put her right up in the front. Um, in PE, I didn't do a big, I normally do circles with yoga kids. But when you have a big class, we always did rows. So I'd put her right up in the front so everybody could see how good she was doing. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. One that's always stayed with me. Yeah. Yeah. Those kids you always remember. Yeah. Do you have a favorite age group that you work with? It sounds like you've worked with pretty much the whole span I have but I really love the youngest like three and a half to maybe seven um, because everything's brand new you know it's the first time they've ever tried it and um, just watching them learn like oh my god I can do that my body can do that or just just watching them light up when they when they get something yeah you know and at that age they can really do a lot but everything's kind of new and that's fun to, to guide them through and to watch them do that. Yeah, absolutely. They've got that beginner's mind. So I want to hear about your book. So you were teaching a lot, then the world stopped. You yes. went into lockdown. <laughs> um, and we've all been dealing with that ever since. But um, while in lockdown, you wrote a kid's book, a kid's yoga book. So can you tell me about that? How, how did that happen? Where did the inspiration come from? Well, actually, I had maybe half of it already written. I had I had started writing little poems to use with my classes, and they were like six lines, and, you know, it would be like tree pose. I'd have a little poem for that, or warrior pose. And, um, yeah, and, I, and it got where I, all my class, first of March, nothing to do. I was like, oh, my goodness, so I cleaned and I painted, and, you know, <laughs> and then by April, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So, you know, I kind of dug them out. And I'd been talking about a book for three or four years and never you know, had enough time to do it. So I dug them out. And then I was on Facebook one day, and I saw a post from Betty Lara. I don't know if I'm saying her last name right. Is that right? I think it's Larea, but Larea, I could be wrong. Larea. 
um, she, you know, she has Lucinda's Magical Yoga Adventures, and I had used her book in my classes, and she's on Facebook saying, I am taking uh, mentees, or I am, you know, offering to be a mentor to people developing children's yoga books. Man, that is just what I need. I need because I had no idea. It's like I got all the I got poems, but I have no idea what to do next. So I called her up and we had a conversation, and I decided to hire her to help me uh, for three months. And um, she helped me edit it. So I sent her what I had, and then she would um, make suggestions, and I work on it. And we talked on the phone like every other week, and she had all kinds of helpful um, advice, helpful uh, forms and checklists and contracts. So she sent all that. And um, so she really helped me get the manuscript in order and um, made it cohesive and you know, made, it helped a lot. So then um, I had to hire an illustrator. And I hired a, a, a gal over in Israel, actually. And she um, did all the illustrations, so that took the longest. That took four months because I'd have to, you know, I'd have to think, what do I want that to look like? And then I'd have to figure out a way to tell her and make it make sense. And we ended up doing, I did a, a photo shoot of me, just, you know, selfies, doing each pose. And then she had her kids do the poses <laughs> and sent them to me. <laughs> and she did little sketches, and I'd say, okay, this needs to adjust here a little bit. But... She knew enough yoga, you know, that it, what, she wasn't starting from zero. Um, so we finally got, you know, all the illustrations done. And it, it's, just a, it's just a real simple little story. It's about a, a sister and a brother that it's, they're stuck inside because it's raining and they have, don't have anything to do. And so this sister says, well, let's do some yoga. I'll teach, I'll teach you some yoga. And they do all the poems. There's ten pose poems. And then they do all their yoga. And, it, and everyone is like, okay, they go to the farm and they do cat-cow. And they go to the um, jungle and they do lion pose. You know, so it's got the background. So the idea is like, where can we go in our imagination and do with our yoga? So, um, you know, they look outside and it's still raining. And she says, well, we need to do some sun salutations. So they do their sun salutations. And when they're done, of course, the sun comes out and it makes a rainbow. And that's the end of the book and so um, it's called Let's Make a Rainbow a yoga story for kids that's the name of the book I love and that it's like they're stuck inside because it's raining but we're all kind of stuck inside because we're in a pandemic so it's like really perfect <laughs> I know. Yeah. so when she was done with all the illustrations then it goes to a guy um, he's in Holland so I've been working like on overseas time um, that does the called book design so he lays the text and he did like the first couple pages with the copyright and the dedication and all of that um and then he gave me the files and helped me upload them to the printer which well, that's where we're at right now and it's getting pretty exciting because it's like oh it's gonna be here you know it's gonna it's gonna make it <laughs> it's not gonna right. be here soon but wow yeah, yeah I mean it's so I, I love how you talked through that whole process because you know we go to the store we get a children's book and we say oh, oh. it's beautiful and the story and don't necessarily think about especially with you with self-publishing and just the amount of work and the amount of people that 
are helping you as well and collaborating with you. It's a lot. And, you know, throughout my social media posts, I've said, you know, it takes a team. It, it really right. takes I had Betty, and I had the illustrator, and I had the book designer. And, you know, couldn't have done it without any of them. Um, so, yeah, I will never look at a children's book, especially the same way, because you have no idea how much work goes into it and how much blood, sweat, and tears, and you know, the author trying to make their vision come out and make other people see it and then being able to share it with everybody. Yes. So, so where will it be available? when it Once it is printed, I, I will post about it so everyone knows, but where is it going to be available? Eventually it will be on Amazon. Great. And eventually it would, it may be in Barnes and Noble and places like that. They can, they'll have the option to pick it up. But you can also get it from me on my website. Okay, great. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping it'll be available with Amazon before Christmas. It may not make it. Um, mm-hmm. it they have to do this pre-sale thing where they say it's, you can order it, but it's not available yet. You can order it right. as soon as it's live on Amazon, but it may not be delivered for a while. Right. Just, and I know pre-sales are important for authors, for people to, right? So they are. if you're going to buy the book, go pre-sale. buy it at the pre-sale. Yeah, buy it in the pre-sale. Every <laughs> pre-sale counts as a sale on your first day. So it's as if it went live and everyone bought it. Like, it's, you know, they've been buying it for a month, but those numbers count. Right. And that helps you on Amazon. you got to play the Amazon game, you know. Yep, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no. but I'll I'll have some too. Uh, some yeah. Really well, I'm I am excited to personally to to get one and read one, um, and I also just want to shout out Betty Lorea was a guest on this podcast, and she kind of, she's the one that connected us. Um, yep. But so anyone listening, if you like Susan have this vision for a kids yoga book, and you're like, where do I start? Contact Betty because <laughs> she knows what she's doing. She does. And she's a great guide and uh, very wise about some things. And, and I remember she'd tell me, you know, she, I don't, that doesn't really work. Why don't you work on that line a little bit? And I'd be oh, sick of working on that line. But then when I <laughs> fixed it, it was so much, like, it was so much better. So everything right, she told right. me to do, if I did it, it turned out better. Right. You know. It's good to have that person there that can push you a little bit, you know, yes. and to... Yeah. I love that. Nope, not good enough yet. You need to keep right, working. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations. I'm so glad you pursued that. Um, and now we are, so we're recording this um, before the election, but by the time this episode mm-hmm. airs, it's really crazy to think the election will have happened. Um, and besides that, there's also a global pandemic right now. There's just a lot going on in our world. So I've been asking all my guests, um, how have you been taking care of yourself during this very challenging time? Well, you know, I've had so much going on with the book. I've had really had to remind myself, you need to take a break. You know, you need to take Sunday off <laughs> and not worry about this. Um, but on the other hand, I've had a lot more time. So I walked almost every morning. I listen to my podcast. I listen to you uh, while I'm walking. And you know, I've had more time to do some yoga classes, and I've um, started doing a bar and kind of a dance uh, exercise class. Uh, started eating better. I actually lost 50 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Since March? <laughs> Since March. Lost 50 pounds. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, if I hadn't done that, I'd have gained 50 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of us are going that other way right now. <laughs> yeah. 
so I, I don't know. I guess I just decided it was time to take good care of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, down here I can go to the beach and do some yoga on the beach, and that's nice, or just sit. So I was just really just trying to take better care of myself and not get too uh, too isolated. I think at first I felt super isolated, like I can't go to lunch with girls, I can't mm-hmm. here, there. And I'm getting out a little bit more right now, but being careful. I think you guys are probably more, you know, Florida's not really locked down. <laughs> you guys are happy. Yeah. Yeah, but it's good. It sounds like you, yeah, you, you took this whole situation and made it into a way to take better care of yourself. So I think that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as we near the end of the episode, I always, you probably know, I know that you said you listen, that um, we end with kids yoga gems. So for you, if you can offer one piece of advice to someone new to sharing yoga with kids, what would it be? I always have a plan, but don't be afraid to go with the flow. And I think it's an art, an art to let the kids go where the, you know, go with the kids a little bit with what they want to do, but then you pull it back to where the class was going and finish. Does that make sense? It does, yes. And I think what really helps me do that is to, I have a standard opening and a standard closing. So I know how I'm starting and I know how I'm finishing. So the middle can be kind of loose and free, but I have that as a framework. And that's always helped me just to be consistent. Like in the beginning, I do I do this whole clapping thing, like legs and hands, legs and hands, and then it becomes head, shoulders, knees and toes. And, you know, in the library, it's kind of chaotic a little bit. So the clapping immediately gets their attention, and they all start to follow, and it's like it pulls the group together. So that's always my little opening, and then I do some breathing things, and then we get into the lesson. And then at the end, we make a smaller circle, and um, we sing Long Time Sun, and then we do Namaste song, and do the piece begins with me touching the fingers. So I always have that same ending. And so if the kids have come before, they know, oh, we're going to sing that song I like. And we're going to you know, touch the fingers. That's just yes. helped me to kind of, like I said, have a frame around the left. Yes, definitely. That's It's this delicate balance between um, having that plan and then deviating from the plan. But I love how you're saying um, start and end class the same way each time because then it's a ritual for the kids and they come to expect that. So there's a little bit of comfort there that they know this is how we start, this is how we end. Well, I'm sure people are going to want to find you and learn more about you. So where can the listeners find you? Okay, my website is www.susanroseyoga.com. It's S-U-S-A-N-R-O-S-E yoga. And then the IG is the same, at Susan Rose Yoga. And I have a Facebook that is Susan Rose Author, if you want to follow the book. Progress. Where you find me. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and for being on. And um, good luck with everything with the book coming up, and I'll be following you. Um, I, I have some free resources on the website some guided visualizations and a lesson plan for the book and things like that. People are interested in it. Wonderful. Well, thank you and, and have a great night and take care. 
Thank you so much, Jessica. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or if you've listened before, there are a few ways that you can help this podcast to keep going. So first, you can click subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave a rating and a review. This will help more people find the podcast. You can follow us on social media at the Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and the Kids Yoga Podcast on Facebook. You can also email me. I love to hear your questions, comments, feedback. The Kids Yoga Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next week.